Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. Hello, this is Greg Myers, your host of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and this is episode eight, featuring special guest Kevin Jones, the CEO of Solero Commerce. In this episode, Kevin and I talk about his journey from a Christmas tree farm in North Carolina to becoming a banker to receiving the best phone call he's ever had from a recruiter at Payment Tech, which launched his career in payments. Kevin's journey takes him through several payments companies and finally to his role as the CEO at Solero. Solero Commerce focuses on creating vertical bundles for small businesses that combine software, payments, and other tools that help businesses run more efficiently. Kevin talks a lot about culture and how important it is to surround yourself with great people and great mentors. So let's get started. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for being here and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Why don't we start by you telling the audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you were born, where you grew up, went to school, a few things like that. Perfect. Like most fintech CEOs, I grew up on a Christmas tree farm. So, <laughs> um, grew up on a Christmas tree farm in North Carolina, where most of my family still lives. And after high school, I went to school at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, where I was a political science and uh, economics major, and became a banker after school. Ended up managing a region of really the western side of North Carolina for a bank called Central Carolina Bank. Luckily, uh, the best phone call I ever got was from a recruiter from. Payment Tech and went there in early 2000 to start my payments career. Great. Let's talk a little bit about the company you're leading now, Solero Commerce. Tell everyone what exactly Solero Commerce does. At the root of Solero is a desire really to embolden small to mid-sized businesses and our strategic partners. So our passion is, you know, our true belief that the playing field has been uneven at the SMB level. We feel like the uh, the big brands, the big box stores have had you know, vertical SaaS solutions a simplicity of use, big data tools, rewards programs, social media monitoring, and other tools that really have been missing at the SMB level. So, you know, our passion is to try to help our customers not try to keep up, but to actually lead. You know, we have a belief that, as Todd Ablowitz said recently, that software is eating payments. <laughs> so our thesis is driven heavily around creating vertical bundles that are easily consumable by the SMB space, which is a combination of SaaS and payments, plus some of those other tools that we talked about with big data, rewards, social media monitoring, et cetera. So we feel like that combination is really what we're driving towards. Okay. So you obviously are focused on small business. What can you tell us about the size of the company, whether that's employees, revenue, whatever you can disclose? Yeah, no problem. We're presently at about 115 team members across the U.S. We have our main offices, our national headquarters in Nashville, Tennessee. We have major offices in Glendale, California, Dallas, Texas, Minneapolis, and Greenville, South Carolina. We have about 25,000 businesses that utilize us for payments presently and processing just over $8 billion annually. Okay. And Nashville is a headquarters. So I wanted to touch on that. How did, how did that come about? Not necessarily a payments mecca. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we thought. When we got here, we realized there's quite a bit more payments here than we anticipated, you know, with uh, and some great people. But we like the city a lot because uh, of its location. Really, the creativity and innovation that spills over from the music business really permeates through all businesses here. And we really like the creativity 
it's just an innovative, young, energetic, and uh, a super creative city. So it's it's been a great home for us. The city's really embraced us. We've had uh, superb partnerships with people like Pinnacle Bank and you know, who's turned out to be a, just a great partner for us and others in town. So it's, they've embraced us and we love the town and, you know, it definitely feels like home to us. Great. And you have the preferred partners of the Tennessee Titans. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, it's the hometown team and, you know, we got here and we're able to create a partnership with Tennessee Titans that they were able to do their payments. And obviously uh, we wanted to be a part of that organization and we were able to become their preferred payments provider. And it's been a really great partnership. I think they were two and four when we struck that partnership and they almost made it to the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to say that it's because of us. I'm just not going to say it's not because of us. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's great. So you talk, you mentioned a little bit about the vertical focus. Can you talk about sort of what that means, what verticals make sense for you guys, things like that? Absolutely. You know, one of the cornerstones of our company is that we have 150 financial institutions that partner with us and you know, 20,000 of our small business merchants are from those partnerships. And there's obviously another 180,000 or so merchants that are customers of those financial institutions yet not processing with them today. So if you look within that grouping, you know, one of the major opportunities for our financial institutions was in field services. So we acquired a company called RazorSync that has uh, really sound field services software. They span about 60 verticals. So we love the company and the kind of segment software they represent. And we've had a lot of fun uh, working with them to you know, embolden their product and their user experience. And we believe it's going to be a big year for that organization through our distribution channel. So those are, you know, just some of the key verticals there, HVAC, plumbing, electric, garage door repair, et cetera. So our, yeah. our software really works great for organizations that have a, more than three trucks and helps them do everything from scheduling appointments, dispatch, route optimization, invoicing, keeping up with the driver's where they are, their time, et cetera, and then dropping everything into their accounting software. So it creates a ton of efficiency for the user. And we found that the average business that utilizes that software grows by 32% the first year after using the software. So it's been a great help to the customers that have used it. Great. You mentioned earlier Payment Tech, and obviously we both were there under Mike Duffy. And I did see on your site that you created a Mike Duffy Award. So maybe talk about that a little bit and about, you know, Mike's leadership and, and why you decided to name an award after him. Yeah, you know, it's pretty natural. I mentioned earlier the phone call I got from Payment Tech was the luckiest phone call I ever got. And, you know, genuinely, I feel so lucky that I ended up at that organization, you know, coming off of a Christmas tree farm. And I was talking about this the other day to a few friends of mine. You know, you kind of had this naive belief that everybody did business the right way. And obviously, as you learn, that isn't the case. And I was pretty naive probably getting to Payment Tech and just had such an excellent leadership between, you know, Mike Duffy, Dan Sharon, Eddie Myers, and others that I still, you know, think of as the best leaders that, you know, I've ever seen or had. And, you know, Mike just, he just had so much passion for what he did. He lived it, breathed it. But the thing that I loved the most about Mike was that he had a relationship with every employee. You know, when he passed away and we were at his funeral, it was just remarkable to see the number of people that were you know, having conversations about the relationship they had directly with him. And he made everybody feel really valuable. And that obviously inspired everybody to work really hard. And we had great outcomes, but I just, I loved the leadership style that he had, the passion. And as we started Solero, you know, Jeff Brown and Jim Harris and 
know, even, you know, Paul and Jerry that were the founders of Elmhurst that we acquired. You know, so many people within our organization had direct relationships with Mike and were all very inspired by his leadership style. So it was a natural fit for us to name the award after him. Sure. It makes a lot of sense. As you know, I mean, you've been in this business a while that it's incredibly competitive in the payment space. So what would you say makes Solero Commerce different from your competitors? Yeah, I think the main thing is just the uh, simplicity to which we are bundling these products together. So, you know, as we mentioned, from our financial institution partners to our SMB, you know, it's kind of core partner types. You know, I do think both have been just struggling to keep up over the past few years as the evolution of the payments industry has taken such a, a speedy take here these last few years. And we really recognized the differentiations that are making that so. And I think that, you know, owning our own proprietary vertical software in 60 verticals and quite a few more to come and bundling that in an integrated way that makes it really consumable for both our partners and our customers, it really differentiates us. And then when we add on products like our big data analytics tool, our rewards program, our social media monitoring, it creates a bundle of products that makes our customers leaders. Sure. Makes sense. You started to talk a little bit about the payments industry as a whole. So this is a two-part question. What do you think, where do you think the industry's headed, say, in the next two to three years? And then if you can, get the crystal ball out and look maybe 10 years out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, making a bet past about three years is difficult these days as quickly as payments is changing. As someone asked me last year, who we thought our biggest competitors were. And, and the answer is everybody because, you know, it's crazy the number of instruments to which you can take a payment with and make a payment with today versus 10 years ago. But I think, you know, the, the ones that I feel most confident that are taking shape presently are, you know, number one, digital wallets. You know, they've not been a huge player thus far. Obviously, seen a lot of growth, but that's coming from a very small adoption rate. But I really think they're going to be embraced more. I think people are gaining a lot of confidence using their digital wallets and frankly, you know, people using tickets to concerts, airline tickets and Starbucks card, whatever, you know, being housed there, it just makes it easier to use it more often. So I think we're going to see that embrace a lot more. I think rewards programs are going to take flight and we, we've had rewards programs for a year, but we've had very few that really were adopted. And I think rewards programs that work are going to be really taking flight. You know, as I mentioned earlier, the premise that software is eating payments can be argued a decent amount between, you know, it's taking a bite out of payments or it's eating payments. But just say somewhere in between those two, you know, I think that, you know, merchants specifically are, are going to be looking to find software that helps them run their business more efficiently and payments will be integrated into it. So I think as a payments first organization, and so many of us are that, you know, we've got to be very you know, keenly aware of that occurring and position ourselves such that we're still winning and as that continues to evolve. And then I think checkoutless payments is definitely going to be rising. You know, there's more payments that are embedded into social media and, and really within the in-store experience as well. I think there's just going to be a big drive towards a frictionless experience. And that includes things like embedded payments, but the overall drivers, you know, frictionless and quick and um, simple. And you know, anything that feeds into those three things, I think is going to be taking a chunk over the next few years. Any thoughts on 10 years out there? You know, there's a lot of conversations about contextual payments and things like that. I know that uh, a good friend of mine from the container store talks a lot about their plans for the container store and having contextual payments. And there's a lot of interesting things going on, but I'd be hard pressed to you know, lay a bet on 10 years right now. 
Right. Totally, totally understand. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you and your journey to your current role as the CEO of Solero Commerce. You talked a little bit about it, but maybe talk a little bit about your different roles you've had over the years and leadership roles that you've had and sort of what led you to where you are today. Yeah, my journey is a little bit different in that, you know, I came out of high school just with the dream of being a CEO. I had no idea what that meant because the way that I grew up on the Christmas tree farm, you know, my mom was a single mom and really worked two jobs to help me be the first in my family to go to college. And so I, I had a I had a mission, you know, getting out. I didn't go backpack Europe. I I wanted to, you know, make the ROI on her sacrifices meaningful and let her know have peace of mind that, you know, my family was going to be you know, in a better position financially. And so I didn't know really what that meant, but it was a goal. As I got into payment tech and, you know, had success in leadership and had such good mentors, you know, I really realized how much leadership was a, a servant role and the impact that, you know, as a leader, we all have on others and how much mentorship and helping others grow, you know, both serve the interest of the company, but also served a greater purpose of of leadership that, you know, really is what I think on my deathbed I'm going to be the most excited about is the impact we have on people. So I think, uh, you know, Payment Tech was a great experience to see people like Mike and Dan and, you know, Eddie Myers, maybe the most in this context, just being a servant leader, a humble leader. And so I, you know, had the opportunity to to build a bank channel at Payment Tech and just meet some wonderful people who, frankly, are still working with me in some instances. And then after, you know, many years at Payment Tech, about the time the Chase acquisition was occurring. I went to First American Payment Systems and worked with some wonderful people there as well, like Jason Putnam and Rhoda Stewart and Sean Dillon. And you know, we had a really great run there. And we also con- kind of continued to build that culture and experiment with that culture that you know I'm passionate about now. And then you know Andy Meadows and I started Anovia Payments in 2013, and you know we really built a great culture that we're super proud of and had completely organic growth with no acquisitions and you know, built that to over 10,000 merchants in just over three and a half, four years. So I've had a really great journey. And I think the most rewarding portion of that journey are the people I've been surrounded by. And I'm really proud of the people that not only are they super smart, but they're just good human beings. And I think that's probably made the biggest impact on me and really what I wanted to build here at Solero. So as we started this organization, you know, we were definitely a culture first organization. You know, we came in with the mantra of we know that we can take really great care and, and actually care about our merchant customers, you know, our bank customers and our other strategic partners, our team members, and still be very successful. So I think a more sustainable way. So we're trying to really build something special from a culture perspective that can be felt all the way down to the customer level. Great. I love the culture aspect so much. Talk about something that you're passionate about. Maybe pick something that's work-related, and I think you've talked about that already a little bit, and then maybe something that's not work-related. Yeah, work-related. I mean, the thing I'm most passionate about is the team, you know, and I think it's because when you start a company, a startup, you know, you choose every team member. And so there's certainly a ton of care there. And we've got some stars like, you know, Jeff Brown and Charlie Brard and Scott Ferraci that have so much tenure in the industry and Troy Wilkerson that, you know, are highly respected. They've done things the right way, but they're very talented and passionate, hardworking. And then the cool thing is we have some, you know, really young team members like my executive assistant, Chloe, our project manager, Abigail, our risk and underwriting person, Kyle Brown. I mean, we've got some really young folks here that are going to do amazing things in this industry. 
Matt Moore is another one that manages most of our FI channel. And that's so much fun for us to watch them grow so quickly. And obviously they're exposed to so much so quickly because we're doing acquisitions, we're growing quickly. So their ability to grow is enhanced here. From the non-business side, I mean, you know, family takes up you know, most of my mind share. I'm a soccer dad and <laughs> so I'm on the road a lot with uh, kids playing pretty high level soccer that love the sport and that really drives a lot of our life. We're here in Nashville. So, you know, my wife and I love to see live music and we've uh, been to a ton of wonderful concerts over these last 14, 15 months. Carolina basketball is another passion. So I think that's uh, between uh, watching Carolina basketball, music and soccer, that's pretty much the outside of the work side. Probably keeps you pretty busy, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> so are you coaching any of the soccer teams? Man, my eight-year-old can beat me in soccer legitimately. I mean, if you put $1,000 on it, he can beat me. So I'm way out of the coaching job, unfortunately. But they all play for a, a club here in town called Tennessee Soccer Club and have you know coaches that actually play professionally and in college. And they're in much better shape than the dad is. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> You know how the industry has grown, a lot of investment in it, a lot of new people coming in. You mentioned young people in your organization. What would be some advice that you would give those people who are just starting out in the payment space? Yeah, I think the most important thing, I mean, if they're starting their own company, is to start with the end in mind, because I think a lot of people fail to do that and just kind of go with the flow. And I think it's really important to decide right up front, you know, what's your what's the outcome that you're hoping for? You're running a lifestyle business. You want to build an income that you can just ride out. Or are you looking for to build an organization that you can sell because you know, setting up your legal agreements and your agreements with your processor, you know, those are dictated heavily, you know, from a structure perspective by that outcome. And I think outside of that, you know, it's being persistent, agile and tech forward because you have to anticipate that change is going to continue. The evolution of the technology in our industry is going to continue to play a huge part. So being agile is really important. And then, you know, to me, the one piece of advice I give everybody that ever asked me is, you know, is about respect and humility. I think, you know, walking through life and leadership specifically, being respectful to all those around us and remaining humble about, you know, the opportunities that we've been given and trying to pay those forward is really important. You know, there's a line from The Alchemist that I always misquote, but something like the book, The Alchemist, I'll, but uh, it's something like if you live your life with passion in pursuit of your, your goal, you know, the world will conspire to help you. And I'm a believer in that, that if you're humble and work really hard towards, you know, your mission, that others will help you. And I think we all know organizations in our industry that even if they're competitors, I'm always happy to help because they just do things the right way. And, you know, I think the pie is big enough. So I think that's a, a great way to set yourself up versus being one of those organizations that people hope fall <laughs> because of arrogance and lack of respect. So I think that enables us to not have entitlement at all. You can't really have humility and entitlement. So I think those two traits are probably the most important to lead a happy life overall. Right. I think that's great advice for work and outside of work for sure. Well, anything else that you wanted to mention today? We're about to wrap up and I think we've covered some good ground here, but any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I think I appreciate your time and I appreciate being a guest. And this is a you know, I'll just wrap up by saying it's a it's a wonderful industry. You know, it's never been more fun. I've been in this industry for over 20 years, and I think the last two or three years have been the most fun years for anybody in this industry because things are changing rapidly. It's forcing everyone to, you know, stay on our tiptoes and continue to grow. And I think we're all happier, you know, a little bit outside of our comfort zone. So it's a great time to be a part of the industry. Just 
a good time to be sure everyone is remaining in growth mode. Right. Well, Kevin, thank you for your time today. I know your time's incredibly valuable, so I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much again for having me. I appreciate it. Sure. And to all you listeners out there, thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 